Hello, everyone. Welcome to Indy's Augmented Reality Podcast. Here's some of the most interesting, informative, and funny conversations from our 2018 season. We hope you enjoy. Where do you see AR tech going in the next five years? What about the next 10 years? Is it predictable? I'm already fighting my cynicism, so I'm... Chavez <laughs> uh, is much better being Ah, man. I think that there's a uh, few things that won't change. The thing is that uh, there's two, two ways. One is the expectation and one is the reality. I'd rather prefer to look in the parts of the reality. The reality is that... Uh, that... A lot of people will have access to more powerful devices that uh, trigger uh, experiences in, in AR that it will be useful for our day-to-day life. Um, there will be a lot of rush to, to have the, the iPhone of augmented reality, that's for sure. But it won't happen soon, and it's good that it won't happen soon or easy or fast or it, uh, that it will be on just for one company where looking today different uh, many efforts in different directions so one is for instance the magic leap approach on the other hand we see some simpler approach that is for instance the the apple approach that is more like creating an ecosystem now we have uh, some airpods now we have a watch now we have a uh, the powerful machine that is the that is the the iPhone so the next logical steps it it will be some kind of glasses that won't charge or won't have the full you know responsibility of running all the content on making the the, the 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 processing of this content it will be more like an ecosystem so in that sense probably the kind of content that you will see it won't be as photorealistic but it will be useful on on, on, on certain locations so what we see is just Many different directions, and and I I think that it's that it's really good that we are not you know going towards towards one one specific um, direction. What I see is what I think is in the same thing that the customers the, the the people will start to accept in an easier way these these changes this this uh, this way to you know augment your life to be an augmented human if you can say that so it's uh, it's it's progressive and that's the thing it won't it won't happen anytime soon yeah and, and it needs uh, useful stuff useful applications useful technology because if if it might be a, a one-time application oh cool okay i i see uh i don't know uh, a car on the street virtually but that's it what, what, what does it use? what does it do for me well What's my uh, advantage with that? Nothing. So I think that VR uh, isn't a problem because uh, they don't have enough quality uh, uh, content, quality games, quality uh, solutions. That's why they, they are a little bit in, in, a, in, a, in a dump right now. But uh, as I expect, we are to get out of it and uh, more and more quality uh, games and content appearing. I think AR will be driven by that. So if someone comes up with a with a killer application that you just have to have it, you can't live without it. It, it will. Uh, and I I venture a guess that it's uh, independent of the device. If it's if it's a very useful uh, way of using AR, it will take off. Um, I, I I I want to disagree a little. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing because it, this that you are mentioning it, it is the ten years ago thing. It, uh, and I'm saying why. 
uh, new device that is the, the phone appears and change everything. Very lame application at the beginning until the, some really smart people start to build not just apps, but services around this new ecosystem. The difference between 10 years and now is that it's not just one device. So if, if you think about extended experience of uh, you know like of receiving information, contextual information, in 10 years we are we won't be just linked to one device. It will be the, all the things around. So it won't come from one source. It could come from your environment. Yeah, and, but, it, and but it, it still offers you a useful uh, uh, information or useful uh, function. And uh, if it's not, uh, then it doesn't make any sense. But is it, yeah, but you, you, but won't, you that, won't use it. Because exactly, but it's not decided by someone. It's decided by your own behavior. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I know, uh -huh. but uh, your own behavior expects someone to, to fill the gap. You expect an application to fill that gap, mm -hmm. not application, maybe a solution, a whole solution. Maybe a, this is a headset. Maybe it doesn't even need a, an application. Just You just want to look at someone and see their uh, tweet, latest tweet. Twitter feed, I'm just saying. You brought But, that up again. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just that too. So it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that should be, that should be an, a, a monthly addition to every single podcast. <laughs> um, so so I, I think that if, uh, if, it's, uh, if it's really a useful thing, then you will use it. If yeah. it's just a gimmick, then uh, it's, it's but not... Is, but is it not... I, I, Is it not the idea that no one's quite sure yet whether whether AR is the is the product or whether AR is a feature? Exactly. And I'm not quite. I don't think anyone has. And if anyone who suggests that they do have the answer to it is is is, is lying. Quite frankly, the, the, I don't. I think I think actually. I mean, over 2018, I think what we'll see is. Um, 75% of the developments, the, the, the standalone applications, will actually use AR to try to resell something that already existed. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, I, I think that the vast majority of them will eventually fail. Mm -hmm. There will be the, the beer application. There will be the equivalent of that. That <laughs> will <Later>. happen. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and, the, and to a certain extent, the, the developer of that will, will pocket a couple of million dollars just from immediate paid downloads. And... and And, and a hero will be born. But then it doesn't actually further the cause. It doesn't further the technology. All it does is just repackage something in a slightly different way. And I think I, I've, I've had my rants on LinkedIn previously, but you know, I, I don't believe that the vast majority of it will actually provide any real use over any longer than a six to 12-month period. Mm. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything massively game-changing i.e. if you look at it on a, on a five to ten year period, for at least, at least one or two years. What do you feel you would really need to know about a, a licensed character in order to be able to represent it in the AR environment? What would you say were the, the really key things you really need to understand to feel as if You know, you are going to re represent that in in the right environment in a way that's meaningful, Zoli. Well, that's quite an interesting question. I guess first, the first thing I would really do is to limit what kind of character we implement into AR. Because, of course, we cannot really uh, expect to do 
a 3D implementation if we're talking about a 2D character, right? So we're not, we're, we don't really want to implement any definitely 2D character into a 3D form. Can I disagree? Yeah, you can. All right. Good, this is good. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, look, I'm sorry to disagree, but <laughs> of course, if you say 2D, we can't do, we can't bring, bring a 2D character into a 3D environment. Absolutely true. But, you know, has been invented something to, you know, actually bring in an, into a 3D environment a 2D character. Well, I, I don't, I dislike it, but they call it 2.5D. Well, I don't like that definition, but still means it's a 3D model, which looks like a 2D one. Only certain, uh, for example, rotations of the head, you know, they are 3D, but the look is absolutely untouched. So uh, I did it with Kitty, for example. I had this problem with Hello Kitty. You know, with Hello Kitty, of course, Kitty is 2D. You know, it's a 40 years old, 43 now, 43 years old character. Can't be, all they, they, they did some uh, atrocious, uh, uh, they tried something in 3D. It was a disaster, complete disaster you know, in terms of everything on so many levels. So so my challenge was I, I was building a, a, a large musical and I wanted to have an animation movie on a, on a large LED uh, wall interacting, you know, time-coded, interacting with the performance and with the audience. But again, you know, if I want to have it, I, you know, I wanted to find some, some, some new formula to bring into a 3D environment. It was tough, but there is a way. And I think the effect was good. And um, so, yeah, that's why I was disagreeing. I think, you know, of course, has to be, a lot of work has to be done on the, on the design um, engineering, but uh, but yes, I tell you, it's possible. We can do that. Um, well, sometimes it's possible, or you can say that you can even say that most of the time it's possible. But what I said basically, what I suggested basically was to limit those cases where it's not really possible. You know, uh, I could give you an example. You know. Let's say we're talking about a Hanna Barbera style mm-hmm. uh, 2D movie with flowing lines. Uh, yeah. um, you know, that's I would say right now at this uh, technical development stage where we're currently at, it's quite hard to achieve. A lot of development would have to go into that to receive that kind of look at the end uh, when you're adapting a 3D movie. But the main thing that I I wanted to say is that is that sometimes you have to limit yourself and not and not think that everything is possible. Oh, absolutely, yes. Because most of the time it's possible, but sometimes it's not. And the real disasters really come from those situations when you're starting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. Pretty sure we can do it. And in the end, sure. Sure, of course. You come up, can come up with something that is that is not really possible. So technical limitations and the knowledge of technical limitations is really, really important. What do you see as the key issues facing the retail industry at this moment? Let's say for the U.S. market specifically. I well, there multiple really. I mean, I'll start off. <laughs> um, I, th- I think there's. I think it's pretty obvious that most brands 
most companies in the US are having kind of fairly serious internal conversations um, sparked by decreases in sales, uh, decreases in attendance to their stores, decreases in, in traffic to malls. Um, that's one of the one of the sort of bits of feedback that I've received over the past two years uh, is, is not just that people visit stores less, but they're visited they're, they're going to malls less in the US. And the, you know, obviously, to understand the US retail market is to understand how, at one point, shopping malls controlled the world. That's where everyone went on a Saturday morning, on a Sunday afternoon. The, I think from a European perspective, we're, we're a little bit closer to it now. I don't, know, I don't know. Having been in a couple of places in Mexico, I think it's more modeled on the US. Yes, uh, with a little bit of a, of a delay. So if you remember that, uh, that project that we had in, in Guatemala, it was one of the, of the key topics there, like repeating that uh, US um, approach with the malls. And basically the project uh, that we were making there, it was you know, trying to cover the need that... Uh, these spaces are where, like commercial spaces, especially malls, are where the family gets together. It's where mm-hmm. after the school, the kids go there and stay there until until the the, the family gets to there to you know, like to take them home. So it's a social space. Yeah, and but it hasn't been viewed like that, has it? Like, no. I think that brands have kind of come to the realization over the past couple of years, and in turn, malls are beginning to come to this realization that. Uh, it's no longer good enough to offer shops and food. And we kind of touched on it years ago. It was the idea of, of there needs to be some level of entertainment. There needs to be some level yeah. of, of, of engagement beyond going into six stores and then going to have lunch. Yeah. And I think that, that that's kind of mutating now, I think, faster because they're realizing that with, with some level of entertainment in the space – We've got the opportunity to, I'd say, even get people to stay longer. I would say that just retain, retain them for a exactly. percentage of the time they used to have them, because the, the the people walk. You know, at one point in the US, it was people would go there for hours, and now I think that it's almost becoming a little bit of, I'm going to do A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah, um, because you know, like. Just to park, <laughs> it's already hassle. <laughs> and then, like, okay, I, I will go to you know, like to eat something, or I don't need to buy anything. I, you know, you are more conscious a little bit as a as a consumer. So then, the motivation to go to 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 the, those spaces are are a bit different. Um, I think I, I mean, I'll probably I would probably get flamed for this, but I'll I'll be I'll be honest. I think that the I think that the malls, the mall operators. Are having to reevaluate what what they represent yeah. and what their what their their goal is, because effectively they are real estate companies. They own a building, they section it off, and they lease it to however many people. The problem is, is that's no longer guaranteeing the same amount of traffic. And if that's not guaranteeing the same amount of traffic, then effectively the rent prices have to decrease. Uh, and so brands then looking and saying, well, I want a discount on A, B, and C. You know, I have 50 stores, I have 100 stores, I have 1,000 stores. Uh, they're asking the questions of the mall operators who are saying, well, w- you know, we're not even getting the people in there that we can try to attract. And you're not retaining them for the same amount of time in that space. Um, and then in turn, 
the retailers themselves are now saying, well, we've got less people to to speak to in a in a you know as a captive audience, and now we're up against everyone as we always were. So we now need to get them in into the store, and a lot of those retailers have then not created this. There's still this massive disconnection in between all of the money they spend online, all of the all of the brand materials they create, all of the configurators they create online, and everything that's mobile and digital, etc. And then the shop, the, the the physical store. And that's the that's like going back to the question. One of the key issues it's also uh, regarding technology. So one of the key issues is the the lack of understanding of. Well, how can you uh, integrate the technology to that thing? Because you need to, you need to test it, you need to try it. But th the thing that we know is that it won't be just an ultimate solution. For instance, AR won't save the retail space. It will help to transform it. It will help to to close the gap between the the the, the digital buyer and the and the real life customer. And that's one of the of the. Key, key issues that I, that I think like how can we uh, as a professionals on, of in this industry to help them apply in in, in the right way this this technology mm. yeah I, I think the question is how fast can they adapt uh, new technologies because if they can and uh, I think uh, they will be able to mm -hmm. then it's uh, it's not going to be a big issue it's uh, the issue is when they don't adapt at all or they want to just stick with the, the, the regular way of selling stuff. What is AR as a technology capable and not capable of? Um, the, the side that I can uh, talk about more is basically the, the end user who is, uh, who is on the site enjoying the experience that we usually uh, deliver to very different kinds of uh, clients. Um, the genuine um, perception of the experiences is always a huge smile on people's faces because they somehow find themselves in a situation which they have never been in before. Um, there is a very nice experience, um, a nice memory from a couple of years ago where we were in uh, Bristol um, in installing our uh, Arctic Explorer experience in a natural history museum. Uh, in cooperation with BBC and um, that content features um, waves and water and uh, all kinds of Arctic animals and uh, there was an old man walking up uh, to the screen and he was looking at it and you know, he was looking at us and he was looking around and he was asking but but where is the water and uh, that was like a genuine um, you know realization of AR and The total confusion behind it as well, <laughs> because obviously you look up at you look up on a screen, you see yourself as a mirror in a mirror image, and then you look around yourself, and then you don't see the things that you see on the screen. So obviously the people usually in a couple of seconds realize what's going on, and then they burst out laughing or or they're just simply amazed. So from my perspective, um, it's it's a storytelling tool. It's a it's a it's a messaging tool to people to to feel something to to perceive something that they would normally not and through this you can i think send uh, uh messages and and things to think uh not in a direct way so that it it somehow gets into you and and you you remember it as a nice memory and not as a direct advertisement 
Mm, yeah, I, I love that. I think, you know, the, the smile is a big one. So uh, what, what we can see, I think, across the world wherever we install is that, you know, when we switch on any of our systems, people start to smile. And that's, that's a huge one for me because, you know, um, I think if you pose that question to, to any, any business owner that, you know, you can make your, your visitors smile, like, would you like to do that? Probably they would say, yes, I would, I would love to do that. Uh, so, so I think, you know, that's, that's simple, simple um, outcome of, of AR experiences if, if they are, you know, designed in the right way, but probably one of, one of the most important ones. Um, and of course, we can, we can talk about more technical things like, you know, mm, positioning 3D content in the, in, in the physical world, which is, you know, which, which what you just described that, you know, um, that we can, we can make characters and, and environments appear, you know, in, in, in certainly not too exciting places. <laughs> and also, I think that's important to, to mention that nowadays if you want to engage people you really have to be innovative like it's 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 not easy to catch someone's attention if i think about myself there is very few things that i would call you know um exciting or something that i haven't seen before and when it comes to a mobile ar application or it comes to i don't know a kiosk based solution this is something that people would probably look at and first they would look like what is this i mean where am i how does this work and then when they get a grip of it they realize that oh my god this is so cool like every time we deploy the um marcelo ar um installation which is which was a project we did recently for adidas people at the beginning just don't understand what am i supposed to do in front of a screen but then marcelo walks in and then everyone just basically does a wow because um what the hell like marcelo is next to me oh my god so yeah i think that you know, catching someone's attention um, and, and delivering a message through this is a key uh, key to at, at everyone's hands. Where is mobile air going? What's the ultimate goal? It's glass. Yeah, it's, it's uh, closing the gap in the transition between glass and uh, oh, yeah. and, uh, and the air view. I think. So yeah. that's like help helping the users to understand while uh, that the structure to display it is being built. I think, and also uh, teaching, educating the developers, content providers, or uh, whatever, and probably just test driving the whole thing. It's uh, to learning from the mistakes and perfecting it, as, iterating, iterating as they go. I mean, mobile has always been. It, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been in meetings and people have said, that's really amazing, but it's annoying that you have to hold the device. <laughs> it's <laughs> like true. the definition of, mo- of augmented reality on mobile. And it's, you know, again, at this precise moment in time, you have to download an application and that application is going to be of a certain size and mm. then you have to open it and then you have to understand how to use it and then you have to use it. So at the moment, it's still, you know, mobile is 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 some interesting features on top of something else. I think where it's going is, as, as we say, is, is glass, but the glass has got to be, it, the glass has ultimately got to be as intuitive as something like the watch is now. Mm. So that you just get that information. Mm. You just you just assume that information is going to be there. And and I think that it will, at the moment, the you're seeing like heads-up displays with mapping. So, you know, the idea of just having, so I the heads up kind of directionals for, mm-hmm. for to get somewhere. Sort of wayfinding is really interesting. 
Um, but but then you're seeing a lot of a lot of the mobile stuff, which is like where this they are not really adding. No, and, and probably like the the way to 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 do it is is not necessarily overlaying 3D content. So all the other elements that are necessary to achieve that of overlaying 3D content or uh, like uh, like all the the mapping and object recognition that goes there. So if you go a step back and you think like, okay, I don't want to see a dragon on my camera view, but why I'm using my camera and what my camera can see. So that's the the, the main principle. If my camera can see that um, that food that I'm receiving is free range or whatever, so it's just displaying that the information. But the action is to take the camera. So what are the, the extensions of the of of the camera view? So that's that's a game that it's interesting because it don't necessarily uh, take the augmented reality until the final conclusion that is, you know, like creating a parallel reality through a camera view, but it provides enough information by recognizing your environment and the effort that needs to be, uh, the structure that needs to be built in order to achieve that. So it can, can arrive in a, in a different way, in a simpler way. Mm. So, and then we, we are used to, to that. So what else can I do with my camera? Okay. Uh, taking a better picture, for instance, um, replacing something that I don't want to see, uh, augmenting something that I'm seeing. So visual mm-hmm. search, all, all these kind of steps are getting closer. So it will be more natural in the same way that, uh, that for us is just natural to, for me in my, in my Google Maps type home and, and I found a way because it's easier. I don't even type my address. I just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. So I still think there's a long way to go until people realize that or people use it in the correct way. I think our experience with it has been predominantly up to this point over the past four or five years, it's been campaign based. It's been, some of it's been amazing. Some of it hasn't. Some of it's been a good demonstration of what it can do. Some of it has been kind of debatable about its real kind of usage and real potential. I mean, it always goes back to Pokemon because that's the only reference that anyone has. But the truth was that Pokemon was a good game and Pokemon was a game before it was had any... The, the AR was, it really was a side feature. Um, so there's going to be a lot. I think the Harry Potter one's coming out on mobile this year, I think. I think it must be this year. It's supposed to be this year. Yeah. And so that will be, you know, again, it will be press everywhere. It will be huge. It will generate them, you know, a couple of hundred million dollars probably. But the IP again is the drive. The IP and the principle of the game is the driver, and the AR thing is is the AR thing will get all the press, <laughs> while all the users will ignore it. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about indie, please visit us at www.industry.com.